Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Lowcast Podcast. Today on the show we have James Hall, founder of the Portuguese language vi- learning video series Semantica. And being a language educator and tester of all things language learning, I can tell you that this video series is the best for learning Portuguese. The storylines are great and it has different levels to choose from, from beginner to advanced level. Uh, me and James had a great conversation about Portuguese, uh, Brazil, and the evolution of the Semantica series. If you want more information on Semantica, you can check out thelocals.com. Enjoy the show. What uh, what led you to do this? I mean, what led you to kind of start about your your story about how you started this out? This it, it's Semantica, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I just. Uh, found myself in Brazil, which is another long story, and um, really uh, needed to learn the language quickly because um, I was really falling in love with the, the, the country and wanted to find a way to connect more deeply. Anyway, so I was doing the whole, you know, Pimsleur and Rosetta Stone, and I even had a, a, a teacher down there for a while and stuff. Anyways, it was just uh, so frustrating, the process, so slow and um a lot of a lot of boredom it just didn't didn't seem right to me that it couldn't be more fun and um maybe more efficient too and the thing is i was really liking the pimsler series which is a lot of sort of uh slowly building up vocabulary in a conversational way but the thing is it's just um it's just audio and um i found that um I was always picking up language when there was context, when I was in a store uh, talking to somebody about, you know, soap and, and getting it wrong and having them bring me a huge big bar of soap and I really just wanted some soap to wash my body with and stuff like that. Whenever there was context connected with it, uh, that created um, learning for me that stuck. So the the whole thing was how can I make uh, – how can I teach the language in a way that's going to be more in context? And the idea came to me of doing it visually with stories and obviously with video. And um, so I just tried that out uh, for fun. And really, I just wanted to um, uh, see if I could do it, number one. And in the back of my head was the whole thing of like, oh, heck, you know, if I can figure out a way to make money on this too, you know, bingo, I, I maybe can figure out a way to... Uh, to morph my profession into uh, doing that and living in Brazil. And that worked out. And did you start out with like a video background? I mean, was that something that you studied in college or did before that you were kind of, that was what your profession was, so it kind of led you gradually to that? You know, I did photography like back in the punk rock days as a still photographer. And um, then I, I studied physics in school and went on to, to be an engineer and physicist. But then uh, I kind of got out of that for a long, another long story, but got into video and I wound up in Rio making a documentary about a, uh, a, a Jamaican reggae artist. Um, crazy, crazy guy. And uh, really enjoying myself down there. And that was the whole impetus for the thing, and um, my my skills with video were really just uh, I was just I was winging it, I was winging it, 
And when I picked up, when I bought a you know decent camera, which back then in 2006 or five was like a three CCD camera, whoa, uh, you know, 480 lines. That was that was like pretty cool. Sony camera, you know, was pro, which these days is laughable. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, things have evolved. But um, I've learned as I uh, made up the course, and it's really painful for me to go back and look at those first videos. People still request them, though, because um, they like the story and they like the content. They, they can look beyond the crappy production quality. I was just learning how to, like, you know, what do you do in the dialogue, you know, which, which side of the person do you shoot on to make sure their face is on the right side of the camera. It was all just being... Uh, I was just making all of those mistakes. I do like those old videos, though. <laughs> I really do. I like them, and and I, you know, I played some of them for the kids just to have them watch it. And and these right. are these are high school age kids that thought they were pretty good. <laughs> so I'll give you some give you some credit on that. Uh, they were always asking about. They wanted to see more and more and more. Like those big those big pixels on the screen. Oh yeah, that's uh, so. Um, like you talk about the evolution of, of where the series, you know, has where it started and where it is now. You know, what is what's the future? I mean, what what do you what are your goals for it? Um, in the leading up to, the, obviously, you're trying to push it now the way it is, and I'm, it's great because it's got, you know, basic level, intermediate level, advanced level. You get the street dialogues. It's good. So, what do you see in the future, or are you kind of just concentrating on the now? The now. <laughs> Um, did I tell you I have three toddlers at home? So it's the now. But no, seriously, um, the future is, is really cool because um, this is not going to stop. I mean, we've, we've all talked about the limitations of learning, you know, with you at home and a computer. I mean, how much of a language can you really learn? The, the thing is, the technology is not over yet. There's still a lot of more new things and better things that can happen, and it's going to happen with dictation, um, speech recognition. So that's evolving. You know, you've got it built into your cell phone, etc. And it's now just just about to explode in browser. By that I mean, right now you can use Chrome has built-in speech recognition dictation capabilities. Everybody else, the Firefox, is, Firefox has their own technology, and Internet Explorer has their own. It's it's not homogenized yet, but where we want to go with this is where you could actually interrupt the video and ask a question and um, have it be in Portuguese or whatever and have immediate feedback. Um, that's not going to happen until really it's reliably recognizing a beginner's Portuguese, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Siri has trouble understanding your, your great English, maybe. Um, Siri has more trouble understanding a beginner's Portuguese. But it's evolving, and it's, it's happening with artificial intelligence. So in the years to come, uh, I'm not sure that's the future you're talking about or just the future for me in semantic, but the, the interesting thing to me is the future of, of language learning online and how the world gets smaller once that gets to be more doable from your laptop or PDA. Yeah. It's going to happen. So, yeah, and it was kind of leading. You kind of answered the question with – and I, speech recognition, that's probably where you're looking at to further your course and make sure that, you know, people are getting that feedback 
because you know for me you know i listen to the the reviews of the in the lesson and and it says to repeat it or to guess what what the next phrase is going to be but i don't know i'm not getting that feedback of somebody you saying it to yourself and it seems it feels weird <laughs> you know <laughs> some people love it and do it really well but i always thought it just was a little strange and i need i, I would feel better if there was some feedback even if it was from a machine you know yeah and those machines are coming. It's, it's, it's really incredible. I, I would never have predicted, never would have predicted we even talking about this in a realistic way. But in the very near term, we're going to see that, and it's going to be part of you know our program and other programs as well. It's, it's going to be cool. So why, why did you focus just on? I mean, you kind of talked about your love of Brazil and, and Portuguese, but you know, most people, if you ask them, hey, you know learning Portuguese, they, they say, why? Why are you learning Portuguese? Especially here in the middle of the United States, but right. may, it may be different somewhere else. But yeah, <laughs> what, what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on, on learning Portuguese as why would someone want to do it and the reasons? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I started out learning Spanish uh, 10 years ago. I was looking to kind of expand and maybe try living somewhere else in the world. And I figured I could maybe pick up some Spanish and, and had some lessons back in San Francisco where I was living. But then, you know, after this trip to Brazil opened my eyes, honestly, I actually discovered that they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh man. And they even say, instead of yo, they say eo, and it's just bizarre. It's like, it doesn't feel right. Anyways, um, um, for me, that was my motivation, was personally liking the culture and the people, wanting to be part of it, wanting to see more. But I guess, um, you know, I have other students that, you know, are, are into Angola or Capo Verde. They want to go uh, to other places in the world. And there's, you know, there's all, over 250 million uh, people in the, in the world that, that speak Portuguese and about 15 countries. So it's, it's actually a pretty big audience, even though we do, we do focus on like you or me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's kind of me too, because I, I do have an interest in the, the, I don't know if they call it the Lusophone world, but just like countries that have Portuguese and the culture of that, um, that, that interests me quite a bit. Um, I actually had a yeah. conversation with somebody from Cabo Verde and, uh, the the dialect is a little, it's a little bit different, you know. I I tried my my Brazilian Portuguese and he How'd made that go? It, uh, it it went all right. He definitely he definitely was like, wow, that's it's good that you know Portuguese, but that's uh, yeah, just a little bit different where I'm from. Did but, you feel like you could calibrate it if you had a couple of weeks to calibrate it? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh -huh. They they also have you know um, another language like their Cabo Verdean. Uh, kind of dialect there too so it's it was it was quite unique and and not i would say that that's not quite related to portuguese i wouldn't i wouldn't feel comfortable but there are words that are intermixed in that language but yeah for sure portuguese is uh, if you if you're a brazilian they said they lot they watch a lot of telenovelas from from brazil so that culture is definitely intertwined and i feel like a lot a lot of the countries that have portuguese as an official language watch the the films from from brazil yeah yeah They're so famous. <laughs> yeah uh, so what like 
you kind of answered why Portuguese. Um, is there any interest in like another, you know, doing a video series in another language? Because there's not a lot of people doing what you're doing. There are some, but you, I, you know, just I'm a language teacher and I've been doing this for 11 years. And I feel like your series is, it's better than most series in Spanish. I haven't seen a lot. There's a lot out there, but I'd say that yours is probably the best as far as the format goes. Has there been any thoughts in your head about making one in Spanish or another language? Yeah, you know, I, I do wonder about that too. I mean, I'm surprised to hear you say that there's no, maybe not such great video content in Spanish, such a bigger market. Um, and, and I'd like to check that out. I'd like to think there's time someday, but I'm so uh, swamped with semantic Portuguese that um, I just uh, have trouble imagining that happening right right away. Unless, uh, you know, if I were to meet someone like, like Connor, that other guy you, you interviewed, uh, who's really you know, gung-ho that would like, take, take charge of that, uh, like teaching the, the language itself, I think it'd be interesting to try and, and take those the same approach to another language like Spanish, especially if it were uh, a romantic la language as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, we we tried actually. Uh, we created a uh, a branch of our site to teach uh, speakers of Spanish Portuguese. Believe it or not, there is a pretty good uh, size market of. Spanish speakers that want to learn Portuguese because they either want to you know, work in Brazil or just travel, etc. And uh, that was a ton of work to put together, but we did that, and we still have that uh, domain. But it was just so much work to maintain on top of what I have already that has pretty much been put on the shelf. Right so, so what is your day to day, if you don't mind mind me asking, like what? What's, you know, when you were in the filming process, I'm sure that just the editing part just consumed you. Yeah, it's, it's in waves. It depends on what's going on. Like right now, we're in like a post, uh, post launch phase for this, this latest batch of uh, novellas. And so the editing is finally done and it's all posted live. And <clears throat> we're, we're just putting on the finishing touches on those lesson chapters. Now, I, I work this incredibly big uh, task list where I'm constantly uh, going back and, and tweaking other things on the site. But my day starts off really with customer support. The first thing I do every day is, and that can take sometimes you know a couple of hours just answering emails, dealing with problems people have with payment, um, or just answering questions about the language itself. Uh, I make sure I do all of that and not someone else because it's just so important, you know. Oh man, I I think that's great. I see like your comments in the like below, and I'm like, that's kind of cool that the founder is actually is answering the questions that people have over the language. I, I really like that. And it's fun too. It really is the, the the more gratifying one of the more gratifying parts of having your own business. You know, is talking to the customers, especially if they're if they're happy. They're not always happy, but in this case, the most y'all, and um, frankly, the 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 other wave of work that just got done, you know, I do all the editing too, um, and you know, just about <laughs> just about kills me. It took me almost a year to edit this last sequence, believe it or not, that I had budgeted 
three and a half months to do. Oh, man. <laughs> Embarrassing. That's um, no, but I, I imagine so. You know, I, I actually am, am really interested in getting into film and and talked about, you know, doing a documentary over um, how Spanish is different in the, you know, the Americas and then Spain and then some of the other places that the people don't think about. That's great. Yeah. But yeah, but, you know, I talked to all these people that are that are in the film business and they're like, it is it'll consume you. It is what you do and the editing process will take you <laughs> twice or maybe five times as much as you think it's going to take you. We luckily we have a crew now in Rio um, um, that does all our, our shooting now, the, the production of, you know, the shooting on the set in, in place. In other words, they'll, they'll take the script and, and, you know, start casting process and stuff. And I'll go down and uh, be there for the, the shooting. But, um, but the editing is still my, my, my monkey to bear right now. So when people okay. ask you, when people ask you your title, do you just tell them, do you, I mean, how do you, this is something that I always like to ask people on my show is that like, what do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself the, the founder, the CEO or, or, or what? <laughs> I like the founder title because it just feels weird to be like CEO. I've worked in companies <laughs> where there are the CEO and the CTO and the CMO. And, you know, we just don't have that structure. My my company is all virtual. You know, I work from home and everybody works on different from different countries on planet Earth. And you know, I'm just kind of the the main guy, the guy in the middle. And so I think founders is, is a good one. You know. Yeah, I I think that's it's. I saw that online that you you know you had the people that were associated with Samanchika and it said that you were the founder and then you have some other people that were support and IT and uh, you had some teachers on there. Now you're now you're are you jumping kind of? Are you thinking about doing something similar to like what Connor's doing with base baseling with like um, teachers that are you know, private teachers that are associated with Samanchika that can help, you know, individuals learn Portuguese on a, you know, one-to-one -one basis? I think, I think he does mainly uh, Skype sessions, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Video sessions. We do that too, but as a, as a support, as a, an extra add-on product or service that you can, you can buy. So if you're a member, if you're a member of Samantica, then we'll, we have uh, three teachers that uh, are natives that we make available to students at a pretty good deal. Um, and then they sort of follow, you know, the students are already following the novellas, and so they kind of, and they're familiar with the novellas, so it's a tie-in um, product for us. Uh, I think it was interesting that Connor just does uh, Skype sessions. That's an interesting thing. I want to talk to him about adding some video to his. That should be an yeah. interesting conversation it's uh he, he's really good he's they've they've went above and beyond the, the thing that they have going for them is that and i've noticed this just in being a teacher myself and actually doing online lessons is that you know he can do it for much cheaper than like you could do for portuguese because you know the teaching market in for portuguese if you you know if you're searching online it's way more expensive than uh, than Spanish, just maybe because of demand and then maybe because of cost of living. Uh, most of his teachers are from Venezuela. 
Uh, oh, and so yeah. that that may be why you know I I pretty good exchange rate down there, right? Yeah, yeah, and I've I used a program just because I I like the fact that you can schedule uh, unlimited. You have a monthly fee. It's unlimited. That's amazing. I want to talk to him about that, but that's an amazing offer. One dollar, right? It's well, it's one dollar for uh, for like a trial session, and then after sure. that, it's you know I was trying to like. Right now, I'm currently trying to get my Dele uh, C1 for, or C, C2, sorry, the superior level for Spanish. It's kind okay. of my, my goal for Spanish. And so I, I was doing that with, with Baseling. And so, but I've, I, my next thing is wanting to do the, this, I think it's the Selpi in Brazil. Okay. C L P E and. Yeah, Selpi. Yeah. Selpi. And so that, that's my next. My next goal is to start studying towards that too, but. Oh yeah, that's a pretty pretty tough test, they say. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard it's not easy, so that that's kind of just drives me a little bit because I know that when when I'm looking at language language and learning the language is that you know you have to have a goal for what you want to do, and sometimes it's hard to gauge who's fluent and who's not. You know, I could talk Portuguese to somebody and they're like, "Oh, you speak good," but I want to be I want to be at the highest level possible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of motivation. So, so what is, what's the growth been with, your, with the consumers of Semantica? Like, have you seen it, I mean, have you seen it astronomically get bigger? You know, I'm sure that you saw a spike towards the World Cup and Olympics. Right, right, we did. Um, well, you know, it's, it's hard to say where the, the end is for us because you know, we haven't maxed out yet, I don't think. <clears throat> and we see uh, subscriber base just going up um, pretty steadily. Um, I'm sure it's because our content's just gotten gotten better. Um, you know, when we launched, you, you know, some years ago, you know, ten years ago, it was just a DVD, <clears throat> and I was happy to have you know uh, a dozen DVDs sold per month. And when we finally took it online, I was selling like. Uh, individual lessons like iTunes songs for 99 cents a lesson and I was you know happy to see you know a hundred of those sold per month or something like that and you know and now it's just a whole different ball game with everything on on online through the website up through the website and uh, you know membership is, is 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 solid and it just keeps growing so I'm sure we'll reach a limit where there's just so many people in the world that want to study Portuguese online um, and people do come and go. So uh, I'm just not sure where that is. You know, is it 10,000 people? Is it 5,000 people? Hard to say. Yeah. Right now we have, a, you know, a couple of thousand uh, students um, at any one time. And um, that seems to, to, to not be the end of things either. We'll see about that. Do you, are are any like university teachers or um, people that are teaching Portuguese around the world have they contacted you to say, hey, you know, we'd like to purchase licenses for your students to for our students to use the video series? Yeah, all the time. Um, the thing about schools is they are the worst customers in the world. <laughs> teach me. <laughs> Um, the problem is always uh, money, yeah. and it's always a question. Oh, do we get the student to pay? Um, 
uh, how do we, there, you guys are programmed to selling uh, books and that whole um, system is, is well structured and uh, has been happening for a long time. You know, the whole publishers and students and teachers. But when this, when the content is online and it's multimedia, there's, there's not, you know, and, and you have to pay with a credit card. It's kind of a weird thing for schools to, to get involved in. And that seems to be like a big uh, hurdle. Um, that said, we do uh, we do have a, a number of schools, and we have like the Air Force Academy, and we have the uh, uh, a part a portion of the Army as well, the, the language wing that use our program, and um, um, it's great to have them because they give they give the best feedback. No, oh, they get more. Sure. They get the most involved because they're they're all super. Uh, Go program oriented, you know, like every student that joins up that's part of the Air Force Academy, for example, you know, they, they need to get their homework done and they just can't slack off and, and not finish the program. They have to finish. So it, it's kind of cool to have them as customers. Yeah, they and they they kind of know what they're doing as far as language learning, too. They they understand they need there needs to be context behind what people are listening to and watching and yeah that's a that's yeah. good um i was just curious and and you know i was i was really heavy into portuguese especially when i was in brazil and then coming back home i was like i got to keep up with this and then it, then it kind of stalled out a little bit because i was like well after the world cup and olympics are people going to want to learn portuguese and so i'm curious to know i mean ha have you seen a drop did you see a drop after the olympics and world cup or did you see it go like escalate? Oh man, that's such a good question. We were all so freaked out before those events, the World, the World Cup and the Olympics, trying to get ready for a wave of new customers and such. And um, I was really surprised to see that that was pretty limited. In other words, there was a spike, but it wasn't huge. And I was for the longest time wondering what you know, did we miss out? Did we somehow not orient our product more towards those people coming over? And I realized, you know what? <clears throat> and I, I realized this after speaking to a number of students. Like, our students actually <clears throat> are not people uh, just coming over here for a week or two. Um, they're people that are coming over here and staying longer and then coming back. Or there are people that actually are moving there to work or something like that. Um, or people who are or see themselves spending a, a longer time in Brazil. Or they're just real serious Portuguese students. There, there's lots of people that are just into the into language studies. But the fact is our profile, for whatever reason, happens to be the more serious student, not the um, shorter-term tourist market. And that's just... That's just the people that we attract our program attracts, and we're gonna stay with that. That seems to be working for us. That makes sense. So that makes sense. So there was no big change after the Olympics either. You know, we lost a few hundred accounts, and that's about it. Gotcha. How, how do you how do you find the actors and the actresses? I mean, how how that process go? Did you just you know get advertisements out, or did you know somebody that knew somebody else that could get get you actors, or how'd that go? Um, you know, one of the cool things about a town like Rio de Janeiro, which is a big city and it's a big area, it's really a small town in so many ways. 
Um, like I guess, I, I guess I've never really produced any big video project here, but I would guess that here it'd be like you have to go through the Screen Actors Guild, and you maybe have to get licenses to shoot outside in certain locations uh, if it's a real shoot. And, and and there it's like you just need to hook up with one or two actors that are sort of connected, and boom, <laughs> you're good because. The word gets out really quick, and actors there are really—I don't know how they are here—but there they're really hungry. And you know, because there's there's you know Rio sort of the Hollywood of Brazil, but that said, there's there's limited opportunities, right? And um, they are just hungry, and it really uh, was one of the more enjoyable things to to hook up with the acting, the thespian community there. And you know they're they're a group good group of people uh, that are always doing stuff, and you know they're all good looking and um, well well educated people. So it's it was actually very easy to connect with them and to find talent, and we found talent. And you know if you look at some of our stuff, it's funny we have you know some pretty famous actors in some of our some of our novellas, you know. And that, I can't imagine that happening here. I just can't imagine you know would you get uh, Sean Penn to do a cameo or something in a, in a, in a language program? I don't think so. There, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's all possible. You, know, you get those people. It's crazy. That is. I, I, I kind of wondered about that because they do a nice job. It's really not, you know, you'd think if you're getting amateur actors that you'd get some corniness. And I think you need some of that for, for language learning just because it's, it is kind of corny the way you do learn learn a language. You stumble, <laughs> you mess up. You know yeah. there are situations yeah. that you don't ever see but happen to you. So right. I, I I liked seeing that. The corniness mostly comes from our script, you know, which is kind of there's some corniness to some of our scripts just because you know you're learning like, hey, how's the weather today, and stuff. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, we did found we we found some real talented uh, real, real talented acting talent there. Did you did you consult with anybody about like the the language like language courses or people that were language teachers that were kind of helping guide your your thought process on what material to come up with? I'm sorry, were there any programs we were kind of like uh, or people yeah, or people that that were kind of consulting or maybe just kind of giving advice on, hey, maybe you should look at this. Because I, I was curious how the process, because it's very well structured, and then you have the street dialogues also that are mixed in. You got the music that's involved in that, and then you got the, the two hosts that talk about the grammar, and um, there's, there's all these different things that go into it. And as a language teacher, I see that, and I'm like, man, this is well structured. I wondered if there's somebody that's you know skilled in pedagogy or maybe just... You guys came up with this yourselves. No, no, it's just um, I'm really into I'm a real overly curious person. So for me, it's been just fun trying to to learn how to teach. Um, it's a new thing for me, and my inspiration, just so you know, um, has been Paul Pimsler, uh, principally the the Pimsler series, and I think he did you know every language in the world, but. Pimsleur Portuguese, um, which is an audio program. It's a very dated program, but the the method is really solid. And so, really, my goal still is to create a video version of that mixed with the Teletubbies. 
(laughs) (laughs) Which I think also is the Zen way to pick up language. And so really we're just constantly trying to uh, make stuff that somehow enters your brain in a memorable way. So it can't just be an entertaining story. It can't just be good-looking people. It's got to somehow trigger your language mode in your brain. And so that's an ongoing process. Yeah. Those aspirations. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely working. I, I've picked up a lot of stuff from it, and, and uh, I really like it. I'm looking forward to working through it. And, you know, I'm a language person, so when I take on a course, usually I'm like, if I get bored, then, it, you know, I end up not doing it. And I'm like, this is something that uh, you guys are doing a nice job. Have, have, you talked, have you thought about going to different parts of Brazil, or is it just kind of, you know, just in Rio or, you know, in around the surrounding areas? Have you thought about, because I, I haven't really traveled that extensively in Brazil, and, and, you know, people tell me I need to go to Sao Paulo or Bahia or Manaus. Uh would love to. You're going to break my budget. That's the problem. <laughs> my, <laughs> no, seriously, we would love to go somewhere else. It's really um, that our production team is in Rio, so we're probably going to stay there until we die and <laughs> keep shooting stuff there. But someday, if we really do get huge, then sure, we're going to go all over the place. You, you can guarantee you're going to see us up in the rainforest shooting stuff with the natives. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna have to wait until that happens. Yeah, I understand that. Sometimes I get that my problem is, and that's I'm overzealous about things. So I, if I were in the same business as you, I would be utterly shocked. I'm sure to see <laughs> some some of the problems that I'm sure you've run into with the filming and and just um, things are a little bit slower process than what people think. Yes, we we know the territory. We know where we can shoot easily, and we know where the the noisy areas are of town. So, um, it's just you know I've lived there for ten years, and um, everything is just so much easier uh, doing it there for us. And it's and the thing about Rio is like the heart of Brazil. There's a little bit of everything there. So a little bit of the northeast is there. Um, it, it, everything happens in Rio. It's a fantastic place. So what would you, this is on the side of, you know, people traveling to Brazil, what would you, what would be like a first time trip for somebody, what would you recommend they, they do in Brazil when they're there? Go and stay in a, uh, in a, an Airbnb, find a place in Santa Teresa or someplace near Lapa, which is uh near the center of town. Um, those are great places to, to get to know the culture, I guarantee you. And the beaches are not far. What's, what's your go-to with food? Oh, man. Uh, I'm partial to the street food. Um, it, but that said, um, they have a thing called a, a, a kilograma, which is a restaurant where it's all by weight, of course, and they do it right. And I'm surprised they don't have it here in the States. Why don't we have a place we can go in and get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, you know, you weigh it. And uh, if you're hungry, you're not going to get a lot. If you're not hungry, you're not going to pay that much. Um, They do that, and they do it in every hood. You'll find a place like that. 
and um, it's a great place. It's a good. It's a great way to uh, eat healthy food and control what you eat without having to like deal with weird menus and stuff. I agree. That's- I agree. I loved it. I love love doing that. And I I'm partial to feijoada. So that's my oh, that's yeah. kind of my go-to, <laughs> but I was curious to see what you that's a good that's a good recommendation. Um, yeah. how about how about drink? <laughs> Caipirinha or or is that too caipirinha. too typical? <laughs> I make a better caipirinha than most there, I have to say, but uh, I was really into the, the Brazilian beer. I know there's a lot of people that will like say, oh, no, you know, it's nothing like a good IPA or whatever. But they, they're not into that. Their beer is, is like more of a blonde, kind of a, a lighter uh, beer. It's really gustoso. It's really tasty. And it's almost always on tap. But the other thing is that, um, uh, man, you know, if you drink beer from a bottle that's come out of a trash can, filled with ice on the street with a little barbecue roasting a little chicken next to it, you'd be surprised how good that tastes. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you don't need anything else. What, uh, do you have any, like, where can people follow you? I know that, you know, we, we're going to put everything, I'll put the website up on my website, um, how to get, how to access the course and what the subscriptions are and, and just talk a little bit about that. Is there anything else that, you can think of that you want people to, to know about the course or about Brazil or about learning Portuguese? Uh, two things real quick. Uh, don't, don't pay too much attention to the bad news these days. I know it's bad about Brazil uh, with their current crisis and their corruption scandals and stuff. Uh, that does not really apply for people that want to go travel. You, you'll still be well-received and you'll, you'll, you'll still be safe and have a great time. You won't notice those uh, those things happening. And number two, we have a Facebook page uh, that's very active. There's a big community there, people helping each other how to learn the language called Learn Brazilian Portuguese. And you'll find it, okay? It's a great uh, group. Awesome. James, I appreciate your time. And um, I'm going to probably be in contact with you about, because uh, I'm, I'm actually going to try to head down there this summer. Um, and go visit my friends that, that I haven't visited. They've been giving me crap for it for a, quite a long time. But I've had a lot going on with, with kids. And so this is a, this, this is a, I went, I got back home and then, um, you know, my, my daughter was born. And then after that, you know, every year they're like, hey, are you coming to Brazil? Are you coming to Brazil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to come. I'm going to come back and visit. So. They can't fly in your lap anymore, can they? No, no, no. And, <laughs> And really, it's uh, the the tickets are the ticket prices have have went way up since since I flew there. It seems like, um, and maybe I'm not doing it right, but it just seems no, you are. really just, they've blown up. Yeah, is, I don't know why it's blown up. Is there what do you what do you think about flying? Uh, I've seen cheaper tickets to Sao Paulo, and I didn't know if that was just based on the time period. Uh, what, do you fly always into Rio? I, I do, and uh, there's sometimes some routes that go through South America that are good prices, specifically Nicaragua and Costa Rica. There's a couple of um, – I forget the name of the airline that does that. but um, Is it um, LAN? L-A-N? There's, there's that and there's one other. But anyways, look for those routes 
people are typically afraid of those for whatever reason. Oh, Nicaragua. Yeah, um, I love that country. <laughs> sometimes you can save uh, a four or five hundred dollars on, on a flight that will stop for an hour in uh, in Costa Rica or Nicaragua. They have great uh, airports. They have great shopping. By the way, you can hang out there for a stopover three hours and be really happy. Um, but other than that, tickets have gone up quite a bit, and uh, you know, usually the cheapest to go to the major hubs is Sao Paulo or Rio, yeah. and that's just the way it is. For sure. When when yeah. are you when are you headed back? Or are you not headed back for a while? Well, I've got uh, three toddlers here at home too, so I'm going <laughs> to probably wait another year before I go back. Unfortunately, um, uh, another thing you can do though is uh, take a couple uh, of laptops down there or expensive cameras, and if you have a friend that can help you, you can sell those for a profit that will help you defray some of your costs. Yeah, I've uh, heard that. I've heard. I've heard about iPhones and and all sorts right. of electronics. Right. That's uh, right. that's crazy. Yeah, that that's definitely something I'm gonna I'm gonna do when I get down there for sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. I know you're busy, and I I it was it was great talking to you. I could talk about Brazil pretty much all day. It's it's definitely <laughs> a special place, and it oh. the, your video series has helped me. Is, you know, get back into it. Uh, Portuguese learning because there's not a lot of stuff out there. So I just appreciate you doing that. Uh, it's, it's been kind of fun, Ryan. It really has been. And, and good luck with your endeavor, Wes. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, James. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye.